Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 167 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave and I have with me... Ross! Hey Dave, how are you doing? Alright, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good. Everything treating you well? Yeah, everything's going right. It's been a been a busy few weeks, tell you what. Good. Always good uh, to keep busy. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean it is, but I'm I've realized after writing so I'll write a little list of what I've been looking at so we can talk about it. A lot of this is Netflix stuff. I've been I've been on Netflix a lot mm. this month. And considering none of this is going anywhere, maybe that's an, a bad decision. <laughs> we, we always talk about the idea that, that Netflix is great and you should there's some really good stuff on there, but none of it's not going to be there in two months. Right, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. So, so what have you been watching? First of all, we'll get on to what I've been playing, oh, uh, yes. if you don't mind, Dave. Yes. Um, I've been playing Bloodborne on the PlayStation. So this is, this is I mean, Bloodborne now is, is what, three years old? Maybe two years old? Something like that. Um, yeah. But it, it's, I wanted to mention it because it's it's amazing the sort of community that surrounds it in a way that I've never really experienced with a, a video game before. So I'm listening to like, I'm like reading message boards and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos on the first three hours of this game or whatever. And there's only <laughs> going to be more. And there's so much like knowledge that isn't visible at first sight and things you might have missed if you're not that deep into it and there's just a whole lot of it's almost like you know like certain movies have a cult following and there's theories about you know what it means and everything um it feels a lot like that but yeah definitely i i would i I was into the sort of the milieu around it before i started playing the game and i definitely recommend just reading about what bloodborne is and watching some youtube videos about it and because it's really deep it's surprisingly deep for one just a video game and two a game that you don't even have to play to be sort of sucked into the the idea of it it's not one i've played actually and it's i I don't know just never really kind of leapt out at me but maybe it's one i should go and have a look at yeah um it's it's good it's like sort of gothic horror it's quite challenging it's a big time sink already i've found that it's a massive time sink (laughs) Uh, there's no particular way to pause it so Ah. you've got to you're in it once you're in it you're in it yeah, um, there are sort of safe areas where you're not going to die, but um, yeah, it's a bit, it's quite tense. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, 
if you've got time, you know, yeah. a lot of time. Really <laughs> Other things then, um, so a lot of Netflix stuff, like I say. We started yeah. watching a new, um, I don't know if it's, I think it's relatively recent to Netflix, but it's not new, a sitcom called Kim's Convenience, which is about the Kim family, or a Korean family who own a, like a, a little, like a shop, like a newsagent shop in, I think in Canada, possibly. Right, yeah. Um, I think it was once, it was, it, it doesn't sound that, like it's going to be that amazing, right? Because it's it's a fairly common setup, right? Yeah. A, a family, a family owner shop. But I think it used to be a play or a, or a show of some description, and it it's really, really, really well written, and it's very clever. And um, yeah, I just think it's it's worth a go. It's like a twenty minute sitcom. It's on Netflix. I think the first three seasons, and there's another one coming. Definitely right. worth a go. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's not one I'd heard of, but uh, yeah. It's... Um, I think we watched a trailer. You know, sometimes if you leave Netflix on, it'll just play a trailer. Yeah. Um, so I think it just played a trailer, and I thought, oh, we'll give that a go, and, uh, and it's, it's really good. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is how they get you. The, another thing I've been watching in terms of um, sort of semi sitcom land is Glow. Yeah. Um, which is a bit more sitcom drama. I watched the first season with Mark Maron, who um, yeah. I listened podcast so i thought i'll give this a go um and it's it's really good actually i'm not really into a wrestling particularly it's about um sort of a group of ladies who wrestle in the 80s yeah (laughs) and they they sort of set up a tv show so actually if you're interested in sort of setting up the idea of shows about how tv shows are made that sort of thing there's a there's a fair bit of that in it actually um but also it's about you know these people's lives and the, the dramas and and sort of it's also interestingly about representation of characters so you know a lot of 80s programs have quite stereotypical people in them and they talk about you, you know there are themes as to as to why that is and how problematic that is and and you know that sort of thing yeah um, which is really good uh i'm only a couple of a couple of episodes in but it's, it's second season's going really well cool good yeah uh, again it's another one i've not quite got to yet but uh i keep on thinking i should go and watch it because i know it's it's been quite popular so <laughs> yeah but again not going anywhere yes <laughs> Uh, another thing we watched that we really, um, I really want to get back into is a, a program called Good, Good Girls, yes. which similar, similarly saw a trailer, thought we'll give one episode a go. I think we watched two in the end. In the in the trailer, it sets all this up, so it's not particularly a spoiler. But these these three women who are uh, one of the ladies from Mad Men, one of the ladies from Parks and Rec, and one of the ladies who I think she's been in, she was in Love, which is another Netflix show. Um, yeah. But they all they all know each other one way or another, and they're, they're sick of not having any money, or they all need money for living life like we all do. Yeah. Uh, so they decide to rob a like a supermarket, and it's about their journey from regular people who just you know need money for living like we all do to actual people who perpetrate a crime. Yeah, it's really good. It it, it, it gets moving pretty quickly, and the the close of the first episode particularly is very interesting. And you yeah. can see there's, there's it, it, it reminds me of Breaking Bad in a lot of ways because yeah. you know how in Breaking Bad you sort of, it started, but then you realize how deep he'd gotten into it accidentally. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. It has that feel to it. I have seen the first episode of this. I haven't managed yes. to get back to it yet. So um, you'll, you'll know the ending of which I speak. Yes, yeah. I really want to get back to it because it's it's a great looking show. Christina Hendricks, uh, That's right, yes. Retta and uh, Mae Whitman are the three stars. And Matthew Lilliard's in there as well, plays the husband of um, Christina Hendricks' character, who's yes, Sha- I, Shaggy I, from I, Scooby-Doo. I was <laughs> going to say, I haven't seen him since Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. 
so yeah. he's um, really good in it. I think he's he's actually pretty good as well. Yeah, he's great, and it is there is an element of Breaking Bad to that whole series. Uh, it's it's yeah. slightly more com- comedic, I think, than yeah. maybe Breaking Bad is, but and it's not shot in that kind of stylized sort of way that Breaking Bad is. But uh, it, it, there are certain pro- plot elements that are very similar to that, and it has got very dark turns in it. I think so. Um, already renewed for a second season as well. That so uh, definitely want to go and look at. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of Breaking Bad, actually, one of the things I watched uh, earlier today was the uh, there's a trailer for Better Call Saul. Probably the last trailer we're going to get since yeah. I think the new season starts this week or next week. Next week. Next week. Tuesday. Next week. There you so, go. Yeah. Um, and it looks really good. It's only a minute long, this trailer, and, and it sort of, it quickly establishes where we left off last season and you sort of remember and where we're going to go. And it seems like it's really um, amping up because the whole, the whole, we always knew the whole season was going to be, he starts off as a lawyer. He ends up the sort yeah. of shady under underworld lawyer that he is in Breaking Bad. Yeah. So we're sort of, we're looking at that transition and it seems to really speed up a bit in this in this season yes yeah they are talking about it dovetailing a bit more into breaking bad this season as well okay. so yeah so i was, was going to say more that, that, that we we saw a fair few um we're always seen so far a few characters from breaking bad pop up and yeah. it seems like they're they're a bit more prevalent this um this season definitely yes we will be talking a bit more about uh, Better Call Saul a bit later in our interview so uh, there's that great. to come up great and the final thing I wanted to mention was just a, a nice little thing, thing I picked up I'm a big fan of Bob Mortimer you know Bob Mortimer yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, him and Paul Whitehouse have done a show called Gone Fishing I've they, seen little bits of this yeah yeah they, they go out into various bits of the English countryside and fish for a bit now I'm not really into fishing but no. it's really good um, it, it's, it seems relaxing and it, it's a nice show they both fairly recently had major heart operations so a lot of it's about right. you know their lives and how they feel after that and what they're sort of doing to, to leverage nearly dying or whatever yeah. um, and it's quite it's quite a nice program actually it reminds me of the trip do you remember the trip oh yeah 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 um it reminds me of that quite a lot um steve coogan and rob ride but in a sort of it's more edged towards these are older men who've got health problems and and that sort of thing so it's not afraid they're not afraid to talk quite candidly about that which is is nice interesting Uh, yeah and finally dev i wanted to bring up some some marvel rumors i've heard with you go on Uh, because uh, I mean, the, everything's happening right now, right? Every, everything that could be happening is happening. Yes. Um, Marvel are buying Fox, yes. and that means they might or might not be getting your Fantastic Fours and your X Men and all that stuff. Um, there was a rumor I heard that they were going to just shut down what's happening with X Men currently, which is I think they've got a Phoenix movie coming out. They're just going to not bother with that and um, start fresh and do something else. Um, which I've also I've heard I've heard that that is happening, and I've also heard that that is not happening. So they may or may not have cancelled it but I want to know what you think about that. Well, I mean, my feeling would be it would make more sense to shut it down and start again, I think. I I quite agree. I think they should cancel it. Because, I mean, one of the main characters that you're going to want to introduce is Wolverine. Yes. And it gives them an excuse to... I mean, as, as brilliant as Hugh Jackman was, he's already said he's not doing it anymore. And, you know, he's getting a bit old for it. So I think it would be a good excuse to be able to reintroduce those characters within the Marvel Universe. I mean, Also, you can reset everything. You can yeah. say, don't worry about where everyone was, we're, we're changing it. 
Yeah, because otherwise you've got to create a big thing, which is a sort of some sort of clash between the two. Uh, And I mean, you potentially could do that, introduce some of that maybe in a post credit scene for Infinity War 2, but you could start to hint at it there. I I don't know, though. I I think it might be easier just to cut everything off and start again. Yeah, the the one thing that we're talking about is putting uh, X-23 in one of these movies, who is the the little girl from Logan, Mm. who... You'll remember has, has possibly Logan E powers. Yes. Um, so that I think that would definitely be interesting, but maybe she's too young to carry her own movie, or you know, th- there's a lot of questions around that. Whereas just yeah. cut, and, cut and run, start again is yeah. much cleaner feeling. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I I don't know which way they'll actually decide to go, but you see, you've got two different lots of X Men anyway in the Marvel universe because you've got the young ones and the old ones, yes. and, and it. It might just make more sense to just cut everything off and start again. You There's know. this trend with sort of like these movies and I think Transformers movies where they can just go, oh, you remember that one you didn't like? Don't even worry about that. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah. Are, these are the ones now. These are the good ones. The, um, one, the one thing that I don't think you could ditch is obviously Deadpool. If you were going to yeah. pull Deadpool across into the main MCU con- continuity, it has to be Ryan Reynolds and it has to be that version. But I think you can get away with with it with Deadpool because he's sort of fourth wall breaking anyway. Yeah, I think he's already mentioned things about the MCU, right? Surely. I uh, yes, I think there were some. He good mentioned Thanos games. in the last one. Yeah, th- yes, there were. So I mean, I why not? You know, I I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, you, also. Yeah. Uh, I also heard that they're, they're, they're quite, um, Marvel are quite um, adamant to get the Silver Surfer and Galactus in a movie fairly soon. So that'd be a good, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Part 3 or something like that, uh, Volume 3. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I will be very interested to see what they do with it now they've got hold of those properties. So Definitely going to be an interesting year or so. Yes, yes. Could be very well. It'll probably take a few years to sort everything out and get every, yeah. all their ducks in a row. But uh, yeah, it's definitely an interesting few years for uh, coming up for comic book fans in movies i think most definitely great so what have you been up to dev what have you been doing um the main new tv show i've been watching is orange is the new black because that just started last week or earlier this week and i thought i will watch one episode and i'm now five episodes in so (laughs) (laughs) do you Um, know um my my wife watches orange is the new black and i caught i think i caught the back sort of four episodes of season five and i i completely understand why people are into it it's it seems really good yeah, it had a bit of a dip, I think, in... I think it was season four. Um, oh, right. Last season was really good. Season four was a little bit shaky. Um, or maybe it was season three, I can't remember. There's one where they sort of end up with them all outside and mm, playing around in a pool, and it it just... It, it wasn't great that season. It was a bit meandering, and I think they couldn't quite decide where to go. They've been very much back on track, especially since last season. Last season, which was a huge riot at the Litchfield yes. uh, Women's Penitentiary. Season six is is all changed for them because they've all been sent to maximum security because the women's prison they were at, the low-security prison, has been shut down. So they're now all in max with like proper hardened criminals. So that's kind of interesting because it splits the gang up a bit more. They've been all been interrogated about exactly what happened in the prison. There were some nefarious things that went on with the guards in the prison, which they didn't know about and are now discovering. So yeah. are now getting blamed for. So uh, uh, yeah, it's that's been really good. And uh, yeah, like uh, the, it's 13 episode series, I think I've 
five in already and i started watching it yesterday or the day before so <laughs> wow so you know I'd, i've just been you know it's been oh i'll watch another one you know one of those <laughs> things so that's been great i've been trying to catch up on some old shows which i missed or i'd watched a few episodes off and then dropped out of because other things had got in the way so i've been uh, catching back up on billions which is a great series and i'm thoroughly enjoying that yeah i'm told really good things about billions actually yeah it, it is superbly well done it's sort of these two major talents both on and off screen the sort of guy that's the uh, district attorney from new york which is paul Giamatti's character and then you've got this guy who's a head fund manager that uh the hedge fund is is sort of prepared to bend a few rules mm. and you've got one going after the other uh, that's david lewis's character so they've been at sort of loggerheads and as it's gone on th- there's been various schemes for one to try and topple the other and it's ended up with them kind of both in the crap so (laughs) this sort of season is them trying to get out from under that and sort of reluctantly having to help each other at certain points to to try and pull themselves both out of it that's superb I'm thoroughly enjoying that Uh, The Good Doctor I've finally got around to finishing off that season I got like you know about halfway through and uh, sort of hadn't got back to it really solid medical drama from uh, David Shaw who's the guy behind House and it's very house like if you're a fan of house it's worth it's basically house with autism pretty much Uh, because the lead character is very high functioning artistic who's a doctor at um, this hospital and it's basically about him sort of working trying to have a normal life within this hospital and and the effect that it has on the people around him Uh, it's just very very well written it's out of a lot of the medical dramas there this is one I think well worth going to to see is he uh uh, is he nice to people, Dave? Ish, yes. Okay, good. I mean, he he is. He's nice to people, but it's that thing of not really being able to sort of read people's reactions to stuff. Mm. So, uh, because House famously was not nice, and so that was yeah, great. No, really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's it, it is house like in the in the sort of setup and the fact that the lead character is this sort of genius doctor. It's not, you know, the, the but the characterization is very much different. He's a much sweeter character than that. Oh, good. But there are certain things because he just doesn't Understand. see and doesn't realize when he might say something inappropriate. Like you know, there'll be next to a, a person and they'll be doing a diagnosis and rather be kind of very subtle about it. He'll be going like, yeah, they're going to die. So you know, <laughs> there, there well, are. Things like that that come out where, uh, well, on the doctoring front, in terms of physically doing surgery, he's brilliant. His sort of patient care is not necessarily 100% because he doesn't know how to connect with people. Sounds like a mix between uh, house and atypical. Yes, yeah, there is a certain amount of that as well. But he's really good, that show. Well worth right. watching. That's back for a new season. Um, I don't know. It'll be it's back from new season in the US later this year, I think. So, uh, gaming wise, I've delved back into No Man's Sky, which, if for those of you that ever followed anything on No Man's Sky, No Man's Sky is basically this huge procedurally generated universe of billions of planets and you start off stranded on one particular planet with a crashed ship you have to fix the ship you can then fly up into the universe there are space stations there are places to go and trade you can build things you can mine things there are a couple of kind of core missions about following this sort of unraveling mystery of a thing called atlas so there is that storyline to follow there is a another storyline about um rescuing a traveler like you 
that's also got lost. So you're trying to help him as well. So there are various kind of core storylines, but it is basically a giant sandbox where you can build bases and craft various crafts Mm. and fly around the universe. And uh, when it came out, it promised all this stuff and really under-delivered. And it's been two years since the original launch. They just put out a massive update called No Mountain Sky Next. And it's completely changed the game. It really is what it promised it would be in the first place now. Vastly, vastly superior to a lot of the other sort of spacefaring games out there. You can you know, meet a bunch of different aliens. You have to learn alien languages. Just really good fun if you like those giant sandbox games and you maybe played no man's sky before go back and have a look at the game now because it is a completely different animal to what it was if you played it at release it really should sort of get game of the year for most improved game because i don't (laughs) think any any game has managed to pull itself up from the point that it started at to the level it's at now i've never seen any game manage to make that sort of leap and for free none of the update stuff they've not charged extra for any of the update stuff they've just kept on working on it and improving and improving it you know all the updates have been free and it's turned it into a completely different game really recommend you go and take another look at it if you've uh, not been near no man's sky and you've got sat a disc sat around or you've got it sat on your computer in your steam <laughs> and you haven't kind of booted it up, it's worth installing and having a look again. And the other thing I did this week was it was uh, MCM Comic Con in Manchester. So I went up to Manchester for the two days in the last month that it decided to rain. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, but and then it wouldn't be Manchester if it wasn't raining, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. So, uh, so I went up there. There is a bunch of interviews which are up on the website and on the YouTube channel. Kari Payton and Cooper Andrews from Walking Dead, we talked to those two guys again, and they're hilarious, uh, well worth going to, to uh, look at that interview video. Um, Talk with Nolan North, who is the uh, voice of Nathan Drake in The Last of Us games. Uh, Christopher Judge, who is Teal'c in uh, Stargate, and is also the voice of Krantos in uh, God of War as well. He was great, and he actually says there is something new coming in the Stargate world as well, which hasn't been announced yet, but he definitely said there is something in development at the moment, so we'll bring you more on that when we know about it uh zach mcgowan who's been in a bunch of different things like uh the 100 and black sales and uh benedict wong who plays uh wong in the doctor strange and uh, infinity war movies he mm. did a panel while we were there so i've got all the all the stuff from that didn't get the entire panel from him unfortunately due to uh, what i shall refer to as a uh, user-induced technical error <laughs> <laughs> So come on, uh, come on Dave, what happened? Uh, I I, uh, I somehow managed to turn the camera off when I thought I was turning it on. Uh, so, <laughs> so I I got I got most of that panel. I missed the bit at the start where he was talking about kind of how he got into acting and that sort of thing. But I got all the stuff about him talking about Infinity War and uh, him talking about Deadly Class, which is the new Russo Brothers TV show, which is involved in, and uh, the Q and A at the end as well, where people ask him a bunch of questions. So uh, that's all up there as well comic con's a, a great time to check out um geek town instagram yes. because uh, you get some really good cosplayers on there yes i have got a bunch of photos that i need to put up on the instagram which i haven't put up yet but i i uh, will be going to do that once everything else is kind of out the way and now the videos are sorted and this is done we'll be doing that so uh, i will check out the instagram over the next few weeks and there will be new photos going up so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. TV 
TV and film news this week kicks off with our usual Renault's cancellations and pickups. <laughs> and uh, you'd think there'd be less because we are post San Diego Comic Con. But right after San Diego Comic Con happens, they do a thing called the Critics Association Press Tour. So all the people that didn't announce stuff at Comic-Con announced stuff during the press tour. <laughs> so so this week's been a wash with a ridiculous amount of news and stuff about upcoming shows and that sort of thing. So um, first thing which came out today, so really hot off the presses because it was literally announced 40 minutes before we came on air. Wow. Timeless, the TV show which was cruelly cancelled by NBC, will be coming back, but it's only coming back for a two-part series finale. So there is going to be essentially a feature-length two-part finale, which is going to uh, round off the story for Timeless. So, well, you know, a lot of seasons don't get that much. Yeah, exactly. So they have been listening to fans, and uh, thankfully NBC have now relented and... and and they've said that they will do that. It might not be the new season that we wanted, but they tried selling it to various other places and no bites from Netflix or places like that. So this was really the only option that they had to finish off the story because it did end on a, quite a phenomenal cliffhanger. So uh, I'm very happy that they are back and doing this. I'd be sad to see it go because I think it was a wonderfully fun show, but uh, at least it's getting rounded off properly. I'm, that I'm happy about. Something else coming to an end, The Affair has been renewed for a fifth and final season, so that's got a fifth season, but it will be its last. Fear the Walking Dead was renewed for a fifth season. Better Call Saul has been renewed for a fifth season as well, so uh, they're all coming back. Amazon has renewed Sneaky Pete, which is absolutely brilliant, and that's been renewed for a third season. Right. Greg Belanti's psychological thriller, You, which is essentially about a sort of stalker relationship, um, <laughs> that has been renewed for a second season before season one even airs. That's a uh, Netflix series over here. I'm, I'm not sure about the US, but it's a Netflix series over here. But that's been renewed for a second season before season one even airs. HBO have greenlit a Deadwood movie. If you're a fan of the um, Western show Deadwood that will be coming back for a movie version because it's basically taken them I mean it went off air about seven years ago and it's taken this long to manage to get all the cast in the same place so uh, that's basically coming back Endemol Shine who are the people that make humans are remaking humans for the Chinese market Uh, and we actually if you go up on the website we did post a couple of publicity shots they did for that and uh, they are going to be selling it internationally so it may be that we get a Chinese language version sold back to us and it ends up on something like Walter Presents on E4 on uh, yeah the Channel 4 service or something like that but uh, that could be one to watch out for it looks kind of quite interesting Colony the sci-fi series has been cancelled after three seasons which uh, is unfortunate because that was quite a good show but uh, that's not going to be coming back. Netflix UK has picked up the rights to the TNT sci-fi series Snowpiercer, which is based on the film of the same name, and a true crime anthology series called Dirty John. So they've picked that both those up. They've also renewed Altered Carbon for a second season, but it's going to have Anthony Mackie in the lead this time as Takashi Kovacs. He will replace Joel Kinnaman, who played the part in the first season. But if you know anything about Altered Carbon, they have the ability to re-sleeve into different bodies so it's quite easy for the same character much like Doctor Who it's basically you know the same character but an entirely different body right so uh, Anthony Mackie will be taking over the lead for that 
Lock and Key, which is a show which has been kicking around for about three or four years in one development form or another. Uh, it's a comic book adaptation that's finally landed a series order on Netflix. So uh, if you're a fan of that comic book, that's one to look out for. And The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is coming to Netflix. This is the Riverdale adjacent, shall we say, show, <laughs> uh, which is coming to Netflix. And uh, this that's arriving on the 26th of October, Friday the 26th of October. Told me that will be turning up, so uh, that's one to look out for. Was originally supposed to be a spin off from Riverdale and was going on to the CW, but then Netflix bought it and uh, gave it a two season order of uh, 10 episodes a season, I think. So it probably won't be crossing over with Riverdale anytime soon. Not impossible, it may still do because the production team's exactly the same behind it but with one being on netflix uh, riverdale being on cw might cause problems with any form of crossover but they are technically in the next town over so whether that will happen we don't know but uh yeah looks kind of interesting it's a much darker take on sabrina the teenage witch that Mm. so moving on to the bigger news stories do you remember I, if you were listening to the show last week, which of course you were? Uh, <laughs> of course. We were talking about a potential Buffy reboot, which has been yeah. uh, kicking around. And um, it comes from the writer of Midnight Texas, Monica Olson Breen, who is uh, working with Joss Whedon on the reboot. Joss Whedon is involved, but she's going to be the showrunner and the writer of it. We talked about it because it came out as uh, saying, oh, they're rebooting Buffy. That doesn't actually seem to be exactly the case, um, which I think we did actually say last week that the the news had got jumped on as, oh, they're rebooting it. And then fans roll up in arms and go, how can you reboot it? That's terrible. Uh. So... Oh. Uh, she then came onto Twitter and gave out a statement which says for some genre writers it's Star Wars Buffy the Vampire Slayer was my Star Wars before I became a writer I was a fan for seven seasons I watched Buffy Summers grow up find love kill that love I watched her fight struggle and slay there's only one Buffy one Xander one Willow Giles Cordelia Oz Tara Kendra Faith Spike Angel they can't be replaced Joss Whedon's brilliant and beautiful series can't be replicated I wouldn't try to but here we are 20 years later and the world seems a lot scarier so maybe it's time to meet a new Slayer. That's all I can say. Oh, interesting. So it might be non-Buffy, Buffy universe. Yeah, so it sounds to me like it is going to be a continuation of that Buffy-verse, which makes far more sense to me because the whole idea of rebooting it didn't really make any sense to throw away, you know, because not only throwing away seven seasons of the original show, you're also throwing away Angel and you're throwing away the comic books, which continued the series afterwards. So you've got all that history and world building. Yeah, that you can build into. And so it makes more sense to do it that way. Definitely. Now, if you remember the TV series, it ended with the power of the Slayer being spread out amongst all the potential slayers and uh, that story is then the story that they continued on with in the comic books which are, are referred to as season eight and nine so you can continue that story there however there is also a comic book called Frey which is part of the Buffyverse as well because there have been crossovers with Buffy as a character in those comic books and Frey I think turns up in the season 8 and 9 books as well so Frey is set in a future and in that future all the power of the Slayer is back in one person Right. so at some point that whole process of spreading the Slayer power out has to revert back yeah 
got to converge back. So we know that that already happens at some point. So it's entirely possible that this show maybe deals with some of that. I mean, we're speculating here. We have absolutely yeah, no idea what course. she's going to write. But it, you know, it is established that that happens at some point. So it would make sense that I, that either happens beforehand or it happens during this part of the show, because otherwise you've got lots of slayers running around, which might not necessarily be a problem. But you've also, if you want to keep all the comic book stuff in continuity, which it has been up until this point, then you, you're going to have to find a way of dealing with that. So it, it will be a vampire slayer series but might not be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It could be Sarah the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> you know? So right. still in very early stages of development at the moment. I mean, it's not going to network, may not even go to series. I suspect it will get piloted somewhere. I suspect somebody will want it, but um, we'll have to see what happens with that. Next story we have is um, a new Netflix show that's coming, which is a modern take on Lord of the Flies, which oh. sounds kind of interesting. Uh, it stars Catherine yeah. Newton, who you may recognise from Supernatural. She played Claire Novak in Supernatural, who would have been part of the Wayward Sisters spin-off had that got picked up, but it didn't. So uh, she also started Big Little Lies as well, and she was in Halt and Catch Fire. The uh, currently untitled series follows a group of teenagers who are mysteriously transported to a facsimile of their wealthy New England town, but left without any trace of their parents. So they struggle to figure out what's happened to them and how to get home. They must establish order and form alliances if they want to survive. That definitely sounds like Lord of the Flies. Yes, yeah, so it's it's very sort of Lord of the Flies, a hint of the 100 maybe in there as well. Mm. Although they they sounds like they've got at least the modern conveniences, they've just got no adults <laughs> around, um, you know. So yeah, I, I don't know. Sounds like a kind of interesting idea. This and you know they've, what, Dave? It's on Netflix. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, comes from uh, Christopher Kaiser, who is something that knows something about writing shows about kids without parents, because uh, he created Party of Five, which yeah. is uh, you know was a show about a bunch of kids who'd. Uh, parents i think were killed in a car crash and they sort of had to learn how to cope as a family he also co-wrote tyrant the fx series and uh, the amazon show the last tycoon he's actually working on a party of five reboot as well at the moment with the twist on that version being it's a mexican american family who are left to survive on their own after their parents are deported back to mexico Ooh, so very topical yeah so very topical version of that the um untitled series that uh, whatever it happens to be called for netflix uh, it's been directed by mark webb who is the man behind the camera for the amazing spider-man and 500 days of summer so uh, fairly solid director behind it yeah. the fact that it's a netflix series fills me with confidence that they're going to get it right because you, you know there, there's this thing about like yeah, whoever whoever picks up a series or starts making a series you never know unless it's netflix and then it always feels like because netflix have done some series that i haven't been into personally yeah but there's always this feeling of like oh it'll be all right it's netflix yeah yeah i mean you know they've had very very few things where they've made a series and it's been a sort of swing and a miss yeah. um there was there was everything sucks i think they did recently which got canned after one season but that's yeah. very very rare that happens for a netflix show if they so, can get away with still making these marvel tv shows yeah and still making them at least three episodes too long i think this will be fine 
<laughs> yeah, so um, I think I think this sounds quite interesting. So we'll have to see. News coming over from Fox. We have next that, as I say, are in the process of being bought by uh, Disney, but uh, they apparently have a young Jack Bauer twenty four prequel in the works. It was announced today. Twelve and a half, we could call it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so uh, yeah the the franchise which is seemingly unkillable like its star uh, (laughs) it's potentially coming back they have a prequel series following a young Jack Bauer who obviously goes on to June CTU but it will be his early life I guess uh, either before he joined CTU or him as a young agent in CTU because he's a fairly experienced agent by the time we meet him at the start of 24 so yeah this isn't the only thing they're doing for 24. We've talked about this before, how they're also looking at the possibility of using the 24 ticking clock format to create an anthology series which would use that format but with different characters each season in entirely different settings. So they're talking about doing one which maybe is a female-led legal drama where she's trying to save a death row inmate 24 hours before his execution. That's interesting. So Because uh, like the, the, the concept of, of things happening in 24 hours... That's fairly applicable to anything, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they might have one like that. They might have one that's set in a hospital during a crisis or, you know. Mm. So they, they were talking about that as a possibility. That format, we think, is still in development as well. Whereas what they're talking about, this sort of young Jack Bauer series, rather than being that sort of anthology format, they're talking about that being an ongoing sort of series rather than a limited series. Because, of course... Uh, the other thing was with Live Another Day and uh, Legacy, they were both 12 episodes, not 24 episodes. So whether they would do it as as a full 24-episode ongoing series or whether they try it out with a 12-episode series and then maybe go to a 24, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, people have been a bit sniffy about this when the news came out today. I sort of think if you're going to try it again, it makes sense to keep Jack Bauer around as the character. Kiefer is 51 at this point, And has, I mean, he himself has given reservations about stepping into that role again. Sure. I mean, it is fairly physically demanding. It sort of makes sense. If you're going to do it and you want Jack Bauer in there, maybe you do do it with a young actor and show some of the early life. There is a hilarious video done by Funny or Die, which talks about a sort of 90s version of Jack Bauer where they're faxing things to each other, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and and they don't, you know, the cell phones are like huge and that sort of stuff, the sort of 80s, 90s version, which, yes, that is going to be kind of interesting because you would have to dial back the tech a bit, which... Mm. You know, given how tech heavy CTU tends to be on 24. Yeah, that seems like an interesting challenge. So they've, they've got the same with um, Captain Marvel, right? Where you've got to go back yeah. to the 90s. So there's, there's certain limitations on where the story could go. And yeah. I think, well, I mean, superheroes is one thing, they can do whatever they want. But in terms of like a, a real people who work for the, yeah. the government or, or whoever, like a, like a task force type people, having to, limiting the situations to have only so much technology is an interesting spin. Yeah. Um, if I think if it's done right, that could be really good. I'm quite intrigued by this. And I mean, it's been done to success before. They did a Taken series based on the yes. movie franchise. There is a Jack Ryan series, which Amazon is so confident in they've ordered a second season of it already, even though it hasn't it doesn't come out until the end of this uh, end of August. Uh but, I mean you've got Young Sheldon, which technically is a prequel series of 
big bang. So, I mean, true, yeah. this sort of approach is, seems to be fairly popular at the moment. I, I actually don't have a massive problem with it. I think it's going to be interesting. The slight spanner in the works for Fox, assuming it, it does end up on Fox or whatever new Fox is post the Disney takeover, because Disney are buying 21st century film and television studios. That doesn't necessarily include the channel, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So there will be a Fox channel, but it means that a lot of the shows that they are making through the television studio, they will have to lease back the license off Disney. So yeah, that that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I don't know. It's out there. It is in development. We'll see what happens with that. And lastly, we've got some casting for Star Wars Episode Nine two new cast members and the return of a bunch of old ones as well. Interestingly, they announced this casting a few days ago. They've said that uh, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels and Billy D. Williams are all confirmed. Uh, Billy D. Williams obviously reprising his role as Lando Calrissian for the first time. Mark Hamill, I'm guessing, will be a blue glowy ghost. I was going to say, ghost. you've got to presume Force I, Ghost. I, I would assume, sorry if that spoiled the next movie, but if you haven't seen it by now... <laughs> Come I, on, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you doing? They've also said that Carrie Fisher will be back as uh, Leia in that film. They it's are, star, isn't it? yeah, which is interesting. And um, they've also said they aren't going to do CGI or anything like that. They're doing it using previously unreleased footage, which was shot for The Force Awakens, which was the last movie that JJ did. And JJ is now directing this movie as well. So uh, it's going to be stuff that they shot for The Force Awakens. They're going to be using that and reworking it into this film in some way way so it's not going to be a cgi character i'm I'm fairly sure they say it's not going to be a cgi character there probably is going to be some cgi trickery i would imagine in there to uh, manipulate it but it is going to be her performance that they're putting on screen i think that's kind of interesting jj said uh yeah definitely finding a truly satisfying conclusion to the star wars saga without her eluded us we're never going to recast or use a cg character with support and blessing from her daughter billy we have found a way to honor carrie's legacy and as Lair in episode nine by using unseen footage we shot in episode seven. Yeah, I so. guess that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Like it, how to do it is very difficult, but ignoring it seems very strange. Yeah, so I, I mean, they had to because they didn't kill her off in episode eight. So she couldn't have just vanished and be killed off screen. I think that wouldn't work. Yeah, you definitely. Do... It, there's no closure there then, yeah. is there? So yeah, you had to do that. In terms of new characters, we've got Naomi Aki, who was in the five and and, uh, popped up in Doctor Who. She's joining, and uh, Withnell and our legendary star Richard E. Grant is joining as well. But this being Star Wars, they've obviously not released character descriptions for anybody, so we don't know who they're playing. Uh, I can see Richard E. Grant playing some sort of Imperial. I would have thought somebody in the First Order. Yeah, sort of a very straight, sort of um, almost have, has that sort of ring of um, what was his name? Is it Donald Gleason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, maybe a bit more senior but you can definitely see the sort of yeah somebody more senior in in that side of things i i mean i could be completely wrong about that but i could certainly see him on that side of things 
It's also going to uh, have John Williams back writing the music for it, which right. I think we all knew, but this is possibly that his last time on the Star Wars franchise. He, I think he said previously that he's he's kind of done with Star Wars after this one. So uh, we just have to wait until December next year to see what they come up with. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? They're, they're just waiting and seeing for it. But I mean, it's going to be uh, a big deal, whatever happens. Yeah, it is. I'm very much looking forward to that movie, but uh, we'll see. That should be fun. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have an interview. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The interview this week is with production designer Judy Reed. Judy is an experienced production designer whose work can be seen across TV, film and commercials. Her previous projects included working with Stephen Conrad on the Amazon series Patriot, starring Michael Dorman. Uh, she worked on the political satire Alpha House, starring John Goodman, also for Amazon. She's worked on movies such as Two Days in New York, which was co-written and directed by Judy Delphi, and The Greatest, starring Susan Sarandon, Carrie Mulligan and Michael Shannon. Her the latest two projects that she's been working on sees her step into a couple of very established worlds, one of which we've been talking about quite a lot, the uh, Breaking Bad spin-off Better Call Soul and uh, Marvel's Jessica Jones as well she worked on, both of which air on Netflix in the UK. Judy joined Better Call Soul for the upcoming full season, which comes to Netflix on Tuesday the 7th of August, which continues the story of lawyer Jimmy McGill and his transformation into the rather shadier Soul Goodman. Uh, <laughs> so we chat about the new season, what's it like stepping into uh, such an established world and dealing with new and potentially old sets for the show as well. We also discussed some of her work on Jessica Jones season two, which she worked on. She was really lovely to talk to. Here's the interview with Judy Ree. We will see you afterwards for some uh, highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> It's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for coming on to, to chat for a bit. Sure, absolutely. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. You've worked on uh, two of my favourite TV shows. So, Oh, what's the second one? <laughs> Better Call Saul and Jessica Jones. Oh, great. So I love both of those shows. We've spoken to quite a lot of people from Jessica Jones, but never somebody from Better Call Saul. So. Great. Should we start off with a little bit of background? How did you get into the industry in the first place? Yeah, so I went to art school initially, and then I transferred to NYU to go to film school. Right. And was there for undergrad, and oddly enough, realized recently that Vince Gilligan and I were there at the same time. <laughs> yes. So funny. And uh, yeah, so I went to film school and went there for, you know, a few years, graduated. And during which time I was bartending. Right. And one of my regular customers came in and who used to do uh, makeup for the Metropolitan Opera. He was working on a horror film and he said, they're going to fire the art department tomorrow. So you should go down there if you want a job. So I did that and got hired as an art intern initially for a film called Frankenhooker. <laughs> Uh, Frank Henenlotter, the director, did a film right after that called Basket Case 2. And then uh, I worked as a prop person on that and just 
started meeting people. And then after that point, it was all word of mouth and recommendations. And I just have kept working ever since, many years ago. <laughs> For people that haven't heard this interview, a production designer before, do you just want to explain what your job entails? Sure. A production designer usually gets hired by the producer or the director, um, and whether it's for a film or TV, and basically collaborates to give the show or the film a look to start creating the world in which uh, the stories will take place. And once that's established, you know, they hire the art department, which entails the set designers, the art directors, the, you know, construction coordinators who then build the sets, uh, the scenic artists who then paint the sets, the set decorators, set dressing team that will dress the sets. And prop masters usually can fall under the art department or they get hired separately as their own entity. Right. And so from episode to episode or from for the whole film, you come up with a continuity, a visual continuity to help create a world. So it's quite a responsibility and usually gets hired before the director of photography. Usually when they come on or and or the costume designer, a world gets discussed and collaborated with to then come up with all the details of what this world will look like. Yeah, okay. So the show, main show you really ought to talk about is Better Call Soul. When did you come onto that project and how did it come to you? I was uh, brought on by Melissa Bernstein. She had seen my work on Patriot with Stephen Conrad. Yeah. And uh, I was introduced to Peter and Vince Gilligan and we, the three of us, had a nice conversation and I was hired for season four and this is my first season with Better Call Saul and you know I was of course thrilled since I was a and still am a huge fan of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul I think it's Peter and Vince have created such an incredible world of characters and uh, one of the best written shows I think around Mm. so I was over the moon when I was invited to join the team So as a production designer who comes on for the fourth season, you know, the look of Saul has already been established to some degree from the first season, but also as a carryover from Breaking Bad. So my job is to keep the visual continuity as well as insert and introduce my own vision of new sets and uh, locations that will come up for this season and seasons to come. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting balancing act to keep the bigger thread in mind, but then also have your own signature that you can introduce and integrate. I was actually going to ask about that, that that sort of making your mark on the show, I guess, in when right. you come in this far through. There are obviously some established areas, but I mean, I guess there, there isn't one particular location that stayed the same since season one in that show because it does move around a lot and they burnt down Chuck's house so right well you'll see Chuck's house again right yes and Chuck will you'll see him as well in season four Ah. and uh yeah those there's a lot of older locations and sets that may make a comeback without going into specifics from (laughs) previous seasons as well as possibly from Breaking Bad. So that'll be interesting for, I think, a lot of viewers and people who follow the show. And there are other, yeah, there are other sets that are coming back as well that you've seen previously. So were you getting to create some new sets for this? Is there anything you can tell me about it without getting in trouble? (laughs) Uh, I'll have to keep it very vague, but yes. 
There are several new sets that I'm very excited about that was uh, a completely new introduction. And so that was exciting to do in terms of being able to reflect the evolution of each of the characters involved and how these environments will reflect where they are in the timeline. So you'll see a new work environment for Kim. Right, yes. I can't say more than that. Um, And that will reflect kind of her personal aspirations as well as her continued need to support and nurture Jimmy uh, in the relationship. So that was an interesting and fun set to design. As well as, you know, Jimmy will continue on his evolution in his work life. And so there are a few new work environments for him as well that are also very fun and was very exciting to design and introduce. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a few bits and pieces from the trailers, um, although they don't give that much away about locations. A lot of it's in offices. So Um, we do see the church, which I'm assuming is the funeral quite early on. I'm assuming that's a real location rather than a set. Yeah, that was a real location that we slightly modified and augmented for the specific needs of the script. Right. The background of Chuck is that he's Catholic, so we turned Episcopalian church into more of a, uh, not Roman Catholic, but uh, more Catholic than Episcopalian. So there were some modifications we had to do with set dressing, yeah. Right, right. You're obviously using a mix of sets and real locations. Uh, What are the sort of plus and minuses to using real locations versus sets and vice versa? Well, for TV, uh, the challenge always is the time. You don't ever have enough time and so you have to maximize what you can. And depending on what's written on the page and what's needed, you have to start thinking in terms of how the camera can cover those scenes uh, specifically, what's written. So I think that dictates usually if it's going to be a location or uh, a set build, and then also the schedule, how the specific schedule lays out for that particular episode will dictate how many company moves you can do and how many days you have to achieve and complete the episode. So with those two things in mind, that usually gives you a pretty clear answer as to whether or not you'll build it or you'll find it as a location. And I mean, the thing with the show like Better Call Saul is it's, you know, it's not like it's sci-fi. So you, you can go and find set locations which are maybe appropriate for the thing, you know. <laughs> right. But also, you know, because of the way that it's shot, it's specific visual references and how they like to shoot. You do want the flexibility of being able to pull walls and ceilings. Yeah. So I think the size of what's written, the size of the space, the size of the room will help always if you can build a set. I always prefer to build a set. Yeah. If you have the time, you don't always have the time because oftentimes there'll be 16 to 20 different locations or scripted scenes in various sets or locations that you won't always have the schedule to do as a build. So you'll, you'll have to find most of it. Yeah. What's been the most challenging thing for you coming onto this show? I think the most challenging is the specificity of all the details in all the sets that you still have to consider and keep in mind from previous episodes and previous seasons. So there is a continuity that you have to follow in terms of what, how it was shot, what was shot, and uh, what was already established. So even though 
Perhaps you are going back to a set that maybe you haven't seen the room, but it's connected to a bigger office that was shot in the past. You still have to consider what was that architecture that you'll have to keep a continuity of and that sort of thing. So there's dense history that has to get considered Mm. uh, in terms of its timeline, accuracy, as well as how it was shot previously. Yeah, you you can't have somebody starting off in a sort of fairly old looking building and then suddenly walk through to a really modern looking office. It doesn't really work. <laughs> right. I, it would be very distracting for viewers, I think, and confusing. And uh, what's been the most fun thing for you on this season? Well, the fun definitely is for the new sets because... Yeah. There's nothing that you have to adhere to in terms of it being connected to anything that was shot previously. So it's a new set. You have your own interpretation of it. You know, with the timeline in mind, we are still in 2003. We are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And there is a visual thread you have to keep for the show. But within those general guidelines, you can invent pretty much whatever you'd like. And, you know, Peter and the writers were so fantastic in being open to interpretations and various ideas that I would have. And then it becomes a dialogue. And, you know, they're they're often very specific about what they would like this world to look and feel like. But I think what's really great is they're open to collaboration. Yeah, that must be great fun, just building out a world like that, particularly having that sandbox to play in as well with all the history from Breaking Bad and you know and and the fact that it jumps around in time in aspects in that show as well do you mention possibly bringing some of the Breaking Bad sets which I think they've hinted at in the various comic con things as well so so I think you're safe (laughs) so that (laughs) I really can't say more than that but it'll be very interesting yeah that could be uh, could be really intriguing I've I've not seen any kind of laser pointers land on your chest or anything (laughs) (laughs) Somebody from AMC tried to take you out. So, (laughs) as I said at the start, the other show which I adore is is Jessica Jones and phenomenal group of people working on that. We've uh, we spoke to Elizabeth, the costume designer, and uh, Sarit, the makeup artist, on that. One thing I love about that show is it's a very very female led production. I mean, you know, all female directors for the last season. Uh, How did that opportunity come to you, and what was it like working on that series? That opportunity presented itself through my agent. Uh, I interviewed for it uh, with uh, Tim Isofano, the producer, who's fantastic, as well as Melissa Rosenberg and Rael Tucker. So the three of us had a meeting. It went really well. I loved that show as well. So I was also thrilled when I got hired to do that. I wasn't familiar, so familiar with the Alias graphic novel, but uh, I loved the show nonetheless. And working on that was such a joy. You know, it was very challenging because once again, it's all about the time that you have to create the worlds in which uh, are written. And the writing is so fantastic. Melissa and her team of writers do a fantastic job. And working with all female directors was great as well. You know, they're very collaborative and it was an interesting group of directors that I had never worked with before. So that was all very new and and just different. And I can't say more than uh, how happy I was to get hired. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't available to do the following season because I was on 
all, but... Right, maybe. okay. So which season of that was it that you did? Jessica Jones, that was season two. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you had quite a lot of the stuff uh, in season two. There, there was that segment where they went back in Jessica's history as well, right. which which I thought was quite interesting. I mean, it was very interesting from the costume side of things, of sort of her getting the jacket and sort of stuff. How, right. how was it for you kind of on uh, some of the sets? The best part about that season for me was uh, getting to design Hogarth's apartment. And that was a new set. And that was uh, that was fun and thrilling. And having an opportunity to interpret her character through her new apartment was just so exciting. And in terms of going back in Jessica's timeline, uh, you know, that that required a lot of research because of, uh, you know, everything that gets noticed by the fans, you know, who equally scrutinize it like Better Call Saul. <laughs> uh, so it was earlier. So things like, you know, the technology of cell phones and background cars and graphics and just New York City alone, which has changed tremendously. You know, it changes radically every two to five years. Yeah. So we had to switch out a lot of... Uh, signage and graphics and storefronts you know to give it the accuracy of that particular timeline so that was that particular challenge on that show or that season you've got a great mix of things on that show as well from jessica's kind of fairly tiny apartment right through to to like you say jerry's massive opulent sort of space which is wonderful right well jessica's apartment also goes through a bit of evolution as well yeah to kind of help reflect malcolm's journey and his i guess recovery Mm. so her apartment got utilized for that as well as her evolution of her going back and dealing with her family's history and i think what we'll probably see in the upcoming season is Maybe Malcolm will get his own apartment and we'll start to see more of that. Although we did see it in season two, we may sort of see more in season three, I think. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing the rest of that. And they're, they're, they're managing to get them out faster as well now, you know, <laughs> so uh, that's always yeah. good. That's very challenging for the art department. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Of their air dates, yeah. Just a couple of things to, uh, to wrap up. First of all, what are you doing next? Because I'm assuming you've... you've you finished on Soul now since it's about to come out. So I am moving on to uh, collaborating with Steve Conrad on a new show, which I'm not sure that I'm to speak of. Right. So, so once again, I have to be tight-lipped about. Yeah. Um, it will be very interesting and it will be similar to the tone and the atmospheric writing that he did for Patriot. Okay, cool. Yeah. That would be good. Is that going to be for Amazon again or is that for somebody this else? This will be for Epics. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. We really struggle to get some of the Epics shows over here. It's really frustrating because they've got some great content on that network and yes. it doesn't get picked up that much over this side of the Atlantic. And I, for the life of me, I can't think why. Huh. So I'm hoping that uh, some more of the Epic stuff comes across because it, they've got some great shows over on that network. They do, yeah. So um, yeah, you'll have to look for the new Steve Conrad lineup. I will keep an eye out for that and see what i could see and the last two questions we always ask everybody firstly what tv shows are you watching at the moment right now i'm i just started the crown i'm very late to the game on this it's more about time and not a lack of interest i've got a very long list uh (laughs) that's on my list handmaid's tales on my list and babylon berlin is on my list Right, yes. I've not seen Babylon Berlin, but The Handmaid's Tales have 
just epic and uh the crown's brilliant as well i'm yeah. very interested to see what they do with the new cast because they change the cast every two seasons so oh that'll be interesting yes rather than age up the actors they decided to ch- switch out the cast every two seasons for older oh. actors that are more appropriate um so uh olivia coleman is the queen in the uh-huh. uh third season so great yes so. i'm all i just started the first season so don't tell me more <laughs> I, I won't t- oh yes i won't tell you anything about it but it, it's it's really well done I, I do adore that show it's very good and the last question if you had the opportunity to work on any tv show past present or future which show would it be oh past definitely the twilight zone yes i, I would have loved to have worked on that show just because the writing was so fantastic mm. uh, and it was once again so open to interpretation it, it could have gone in any direction and it was so well done so for me, yes, it's always about the writing because it really helps my design process from designing from the inside out. So if the writing is there and it's strong, it just makes my life so much more directioned in a way as opposed to inventing something from scratch. And so, you know, whether I'm working with Steve Conrad or Peter Gould or, you know, Melissa Rosenberg, if the writing is there, it's just it's just this great inspirational collaborative process. So Twilight Zone, I think, had that in just aces so I would have loved to have worked on that and I think it would have been challenging to figure out the whole black and white scheme Mm. from episode to episode and I know there's a whole art form to that which I've only touched upon here and there but that would have been just thrilling for me yeah that's a good choice it's come up a couple of times before I think because as well you're you're doing different things every single episode as well which is so there's a lot of scope different genres yeah yeah so uh, because it's that kind of anthology format it, yeah. i can definitely see the appeal so thank you for for spending a bit of time talking it's been a real pleasure likewise thank you dave thank you so much so have a great day yes. i'm looking forward to seeing better call solve soon i hope you enjoy it i will all right thanks thank Bye. you Bye. that was the interview with better call soul and jessica jones production designer judy ree uh, better call soul is uh, back on netflix from tuesday the 7th of august and of course you can see first two seasons of jessica jones on netflix as well now we've got some highlights for next week on tv <laughs> So, highlights for next week. Surprising amount of things starting. Yeah, lots and lots happening. Given that it's August. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Casual is back for its fourth and final season on Amazon Prime. I've not seen any of this. People tell me it's quite funny, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, that's the 1st of August on Amazon Prime for Casual. Cuckoo, season four of that, which you may have missed this because it's coming to BBC Three and I completely missed stuff on BBC Three. Uh, yeah. Sec- 2nd of August at uh, 10am that returns that's the show with Greg Davis I think it gets repeated at some point on BBC One or BBC Two but Cuckoo Season 4 BBC Three from the 2nd of August at 10am that will be there Succession which is a new HBO drama that's coming to Sky Atlantic on the 2nd of August at 9pm follows the Roy family who control one of the biggest media and entertainment conglomerates in the world it's interesting the trailers seem to make this seem quite serious but I'm told it's it's funnier than that (laughs) 
also, I, I mean, it seems to be a sort of kind of look at a sort of fictional Murdoch empire, I think is oh, what they're going for. Stars Brian Cox, not the scientist one, the actor one. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, and he's brilliant. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing that and seeing whether it's any good or not. But uh, yeah, called Succession, coming to Sky Atlantic on the 2nd of August at 9pm for that. Revere, which is coming to sci-fi on the 2nd of August as well. That is a show about uh, people stuck in a virtual reality, basically. <laughs> I don't know much about this. They've been pushing it quite hard, so could be one this to watch. Bad. Seems like it could be an interesting-looking sci-fi. The, certainly the publicity of it, I thought, was quite well done, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, 2nd of August. I haven't got a time for that, but I'm guessing it'll be sort of 9 o'clock-ish. But that's Revere Season 1 coming to Sci-Fi UK. For the People, which is the latest Shondaland drama from the people that bought you Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal, and uh, all those things. <laughs> so uh, that's coming on the 6th of August at 10pm. Uh, it's about a bunch of young lawyers. That's coming to Sky Witness. Sky Witness is the new name for Sky Living. From the 6th of August, Sky Living will be no more, and it will be known as Sky Witness. So uh, 6th of August at 10pm for that. And then on the 7th, as we've mentioned a couple of times already, Better Call Soul arrives for season four. So uh, that is back. Very much looking forward to that. Also on the 7th of August at 10pm on Sky Atlantic, I'm Dying Up Here season two arrives, <laughs> uh, which is an absolutely brilliant comedy drama about uh, the stand-up scene, the sort of birth of stand-up comedy in LA. If you've not seen that, it's, a, oh, how interesting. it's really, really good. It's it's funny. It's wonderfully well written. It is very much a comedy drama. You know, it's not like pure out and out comedy. It is funny though. It's <laughs> very well written. Uh, well worth going to watch. Absolutely superb. So uh, I'm dying up here. Season two of that, seventh of August on Sky Atlantic at ten pm. That's great. Yeah, well worth going to watch that. So that's everything for this week. Unless you've got anything else you want to put in. No, I just want to remind people to take a look at that uh, Geek Ten Instagram. Yes. Yes, go and check out the Geek Town Instagram and go and check out the Geek Town YouTube as well because there are a lot of videos from Comic-Con this weekend up on there. For everything else throughout the week, go to geektown.co.uk. We've got loads and loads of news because of the uh, various things that have been happening this week. So uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's all the news up on there on geektown.co.uk. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube. YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. See you guys. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusive Apply. See site for details.